listening to Cup of Joy with the Queen of Any right here on WrestleJoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Cup of Joy with your girl, the Queen of N.E., right here on WrestleJoy. And you guys, there is nothing on this earth that brings me more joy than on a Wednesday being reunited with the hashtag Queen and Pup Connection. That's right, he's here, back on WrestleJoy back talking with me, my pal and yours, Mr. JPQ. Hey, bud. Queenie! It's What's good to happened? be back at the castle. I'm happy to be here. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I feel good. Retired life is an interesting life. I will tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, is it an interesting life? It, 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 I tell you, uh, I've learned all the watering holes. Uh, in the area, and um, became quite the little fisherman in my time away. Wow. Well, doesn't that sound like fun? <laughs> yeah. I, maybe, I to some. in retirement, but, oh, wait, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> influencer PQ. You are influencer PQ. No. No, a, lo- a lot of folks well. would say that you led the, the trend recently of all of us leaving. <laughs> That's a narrative that I would like to stop. So if you're out there creating content, just know we love you and we want you to continue as long as you enjoy doing it and you find some type of creative outlet worth exploring. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It Especially is. Especially here at WrestleJoy, as you well know, mm-hmm. bringing joy to the people, celebrating what makes us the most happy, what fills our cup with joy. And, you know, sometimes the cup just runneth over. And I'm so glad that you're here joining me today for this special episode of Spoonful of Sugar. Now, this can be so many different things. As we know, this will be the third installment of Spoonful of Sugar right here on Cup of Joy. It could be so many different things. It could be a match. It could be a person. It could be an experience, an event. Or it even could be recent history doesn't even have to be something in the past. So what I've done for you, pal, just for you, mm-hmm. is I've broken out the brand new beautiful cream and sugar. So you can dip your spoon right into that sugar. Brand mm-hmm. new. Took off the, the sealed lid and everything. So you could put it in your cup and share with everybody your recent spoonful of sugar. Sure. So what is it? Uh, I like the way you set that up because mine is recent to me but the promotion and the wrestling that i'm watching is 40 or 35 years old at this point that's that's the crazy thing um i'm on a journey queen i'm on Uh a journey to learn uh to experience to watch as much as possible um with regards to late 80s early 90s the heyday of the joshi scene in my opinion the um probably the most popular i think women's wrestling has ever been um not when we're talking about volume right like obviously it's more popular today more people um better accessibility things like that but when we're talking fever pitch we're talking that 
indescribable feeling of emotion you get when you're just watching something so exceptional in professional wrestling that it either A, goes down as all time, or maybe it's one of those that gets you to change something about your fandom, add a layer that you didn't know you needed once before. It satiates something inside of you, something that you've been looking for. And I think I found a queen on this little journey of mine, this little uh, cube of sugar, if you will. Um, and that is AJW Classics. That is the women's promotion, All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. That is Lioness Asuka. That's the Crush Gals. That's Chigusa Nagoyo. That's, you know, Akira Hukudo, Jaguar Yokota, Toyota Manami, probably the greatest of all time. Bull Nakano, Aja Kong, the list goes on. The Inouye sisters, Kyoko. It's unbelievable the amount of talent that one promotion was able to punch out in a decent amount of time. They were around for a while, but just the late 80s, I'd say 86 through, and you can make a case for through 98, 99, but I'll stop at uh, 94. 95 right there's a there's a eight one two three what four five six seven eight uh eight nine year stretch of probably the greatest women's wrestling that we have ever seen on this planet from uh the fundamentals to the storytelling to the characters to the investment into the hashtag wrestling fashion uh, every single tool is on display every star is built internally and every career lasts a while, but for the most part, everybody's done by 24, which is pretty wild. Wow. In this timeline. That is wild. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you have names like uh, Akira Hakuto, which first WCW Women's Champion, right? And that's, she came out with that respirator on and she had the big flowing hair and she had Sonny Ono next to her. And that's what got me into wrestling period. But that's also what started my love for women's wrestling. So now to go back and watch her as she went through the tag system, as she won, you know, her tournaments to get her title shots, to know that where she's considered one of the top five of all time in in professional wrestling and women's wrestling, she never won the red belt, the triple double or triple WA um, uh, red belt championship. She never won that. Which is crazy to think about, right? How much emphasis do we put on titles nowadays with regards to a wrestler's worth in the annals of all-time greatness? You have to win multiple championships, right? You have to be a champion, not just an intercontinental or a secondary title or a really good tag team person, right? You You have to be the guy. You have to be the gal. You have to be the one that goes out there and puts the burden of the company on your back. Puts the fans in the stands. And you've got one of the top five. And you do that by becoming champion, right? And have someone like Akira, who, again, she was the white belt champion, the all-Pacific champion. She won the tag titles a bunch of times. She's won pretty much every tournament you could possibly imagine in AJW. She is regarded as one of the top five. But never won their championship. Triple WA championship, right? So that should speak to how not just well she was booked but how well she wrestled how revered she is currently 
bringing all the Joshi promotions back together with Chigusa to put on a, a fundraiser show, in my opinion, <laughs> at the end of the month in Ensemble. But more so um, to her pedigree, to what she's able to accomplish in such a short amount of time uh, in various characters, various roles. Um, and she's just one of them. She's not even the best, right? Manami Toyota is going to go down, has gone down as the best women's wrestler of all time. And you get to see her grow up um, in her matches, whether it be her junior uh, uh, championship matches, later her red belt championship matches. She's had some white belt runs. She's fantastic, right? From the high speed agility to the uh, way she conducts herself in a match, the way she never, she knows when to get beat, how to get beat. But if she's not going to get beat, she doesn't make it so that, you know, you're over-reliant on her W. Like you think you've got doubt. She sells for her opponents as a champion. Like things that we don't get today in Western wrestling, things that sometimes we don't get in Eastern wrestling. It was all put out there for people to engage with back in the 80s, early 90s in All Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Take it back to the late 80s when Jigusa Nagaya was coming up, who you could consider to be an all-timer, right? She's definitely top three. She's above Akira, probably below Minami, but probably number two, if I'm being honest. And the fact that she would sell out when she became champion, she became double champion first and foremost, right? She took the the red belt off of Amori while she was the white belt champion. So she was all Pacific and um, Triple WA champion. And then she went on this tear where every every match she had seemed to be a banger. Um, but more importantly, whether it was a 2000 uh, 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 Cork and Hall show, right, 2000 um, – attendance right ticket whatever capacity that's the word i'm looking for uh yeah. show or a four thousand um capacity oda ward tokyo japan show i mean it was osaka it was oda ward jim um she sold out women's wrestling was selling out back in the 80s with a fandom that i will put up against any fandom in any country of any superstar in the history of professional wrestling. The amount of people, and we'll get into the the ratio in a second, but the amount of people in Japan that knew who Chigusa Nagaya was and came out and supported her, not just the fan clubs, and she always had her fan clubs at all the matches, and they would go crazy for her, but she used to come out, and one, 70% of that crowd was women. Right. You're probably talking in a four thousand four thousand capacity Oda Ward gym. Three thousand are women. Right. Just going crazy for this woman because she's the greatest. She she was looked at as the greatest. Right. She she demanded that type of respect because she went in there and she put it on the line every single time. She's the Ric Flair in the 70s. Right. She is the John Cena's. She was doing it uh, at such a high level. In these crazy, crazy matches that went on forever, um, putting other people over, right? Um, absolutely amazing to watch. But the crowd, which typically, when it's New Japan or it's uh, Stardom, hashtag watch Stardom, or any other <laughs> Joshi promotion, it's, uh, you know, Japanese fans are pretty respectful. They know when to clap. They know what's going on. They're educated to it. But they're not, 
out of their seats, rabid, right? But in 1985, 1986 through, you know, 91, when Chagusa Nagayo came out, they were. They were out of their seats. They were undisciplined. They were cheering. They were, you know, uh, clapping. They're stomping their feet. They're getting involved. They're moving chairs, right? When they go to the outside, the chaos that ensued in these matches, uh, everybody was hip to, but there was a thirst for it that I still haven't found in wrestling since um, when it comes to women's wrestling. And I think that's what I've been looking for. I think my cube of sugar, right, my uh, my Domino's box that is freshly opened, is that for the people um, that are interested in going back and watching all Japan W or AJW classics, which you can find for free on Google, uh, you're going to see a type of wrestling that um, you're going to see a promotion that people committed to 100 percent, the way they would at WWE, the way they would in AEW. And it's 100% women, um, and it's something that I don't think anybody has come close to replicating since. And so if you're a student in the game, if you're somebody that's interested in history of women's wrestling, commit yourself to the time. Because it doesn't matter what match you watch between 88 or excuse me, uh, what, what AJW Classics match or, uh, show you watch between 88 and 95 – you're going to find something sweet. Hearing you talk about it, you're one of the few people that I know in terms of wrestling fandoms that have described something so interesting to me that that whole cell made me want to watch a show because now I want to know what you're talking about. And it also has me wondering, how did they do that? It seems like they had the perfect storm at the right time of talent, promotion, booking, fan, and and the whole thing. That's so rare. And in such a small pocket of, of time in wrestling years, eight to nine years is such a small pocket, given its vast history around the world. How? What was the secret sauce that like made this happen? It just seems like they had everything and, and all the right pieces, and it just went. What, was it more the talent that sold this to the fans? Or was it the way that the talent and company worked together to sell it to the fans? I guess is the first thing I'm super interested in hearing your perspective on. Sure. I think, uh, number one for me, I think the match was built or billed as uh, an athletic competition. Right. A lot like with New Japan. Right. When we uh, when we associate mm-hmm. professional wrestling and, and we look at New Japan, there's a there's a realism to it. Right. There's a strong style right. is for it to, you know, it helps to suspend disbelief uh, just that much more. And they accomplish that very well in AJW. That's number one. Up to and including okay. where you could do different styles um, to bring in your personality on your gear. Like if you wanted knee pads, if you wanted fun colored boots, you know, if you wanted a different color um, one piece bathing suit, right? You had those options, but you were wrestling in a one piece bathing suit. It was like that was the uniform, right? So a lot like a football team. Eagles are going to be dark green. Carolina is going to be black and, and, and light blue, right? 
but it's the same uniform. And so everybody, right. no matter what your status was, you can be as grandiose as you want to be in your entrance to the ring. But once that bell rang, whether it was craziness on the outside, uh, yeah, stabbing with scissors from Bull Nakano, right? Like, because uh, there's a lot of deathmatch stuff in there, as well as, um, you know, a, a, a perfect athletic competition, you know, whatever. Pick the start, right? They look like equals in the ring, you know? So whether Chigusa was in there with Lioness Asuka or she was in there with No Name Jobber, when you're watching it, you don't know a difference because there's very little variation with how they looked with regards to presentation once that bell rang. And I think that played a big factor with regards to the believability side. Um, I think the grandiose nature of the entrances really played up that fanfare in the late 80s, early 90s, where we saw a lot of that uh, pageantry, right. which was great. Um, I think that... They're, I don't want to say it's a dojo system because they throw that around a lot, and I don't think it was a true dojo system per se. Um, but they had a lot of people in training that became uh, ridiculously good. And part of that reason is because they were able to train with some of the greatest of all time. So when you're the greatest of all time, the people that you bring up underneath of you either are going to surpass you or they're going to be one notch above below you because especially back then that senpai kohai relationship was so important that the person that you're bringing up you know you're trusting them with your name you know and that was taken seriously right and it, i'm sure it is now as well uh, this was just more of a transparent you know approach that they took to it i think that played a factor right i think there was a commitment to excellence from the performers with regards to um the technical ability Right. Like everybody was good at the fundamentals. Everybody was strong at being able to put on a match and proper match layout and what makes sense. And then they were very clever with their finishes. And that's what I attribute to AJW is the wrestlers went out there and made me believe that they're the greatest of all time. AJW put on finishes that kept me engaged. I think when a, a promotion and wrestlers are working together like that, we get some of the greatest stuff we've ever seen. And we have that in women's wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s. It's time we start talking about it more. Well, that was going to be my next kind of segue there is I know there's a, a set of people that I follow and you follow as well. You follow way more than I do, but that that watch these shows and these performers and know so much about them. It is not widespread. And if it's this good. And if this is the kind of quality in women's wrestling that I know a lot of people out there are, are clamoring for, we want women's wrestling to be successful and to have the same type of fanfare and support as men's wrestling. We want that. How come people don't talk about AJW more? And why should they? Okay, so a couple of reasons. Um, I think um, number one, it, you kind of have to be told about it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think that it's a promotion. That again, if you go back through Joshi, so many promotions, um, it, pretty much everybody that I named as being a gr greatest of all time is either actively working uh, a promotion that they're, or they're currently running a promotion, they, they, they ran a promotion, <laughs> right? Or right. they um, financed a promotion uh, in, in Japan. So 
you know, it's it's something where they weren't just um, uh, great wrestlers, but they were great business uh, women, too. And that's and that's important. Right. Um, to stay in and, and commit to, to building it up. Um, and that's a lot of what we see today. Right. Uh, uh, Rossi mm-hmm. over in in the stardom, it, you know, he was he worked lower level at AJW. Right. Uh, Chigusa right. runs Marvelous now. Right. And, it, uh, you know, there's a bunch of them, but I'm, I'm, we could talk about that. But, you know, I know we're running a little long. It, so but back <laughs> that's to, <all> right. <laughs> but back to the, the question, um, it's a commitment because you don't know. Right. Like you don't know. You have to research it. You, when you can, I can give anybody the link to 198 hours of all Japan women's classics. Right. But when you click on it, you're watching a television show that was created in the 90s about something in the 80s. You feel me? So, yeah, I got you. You got to, you know, you got to do the research, find the dates, go back and. This person is this person, and this person is this person, and this person is this person, and then you got to watch through the weeks, which are, you know, different timelines, but they're, they're all um, chronological, uh, to to kind of learn about this person, and then you have to research the storylines that they're in and how that all kind of formed, and that's you're not going to find that all in one place, so you have to kind of bounce around. So to commit to the level of understanding the full history is a commitment that seems daunting. Right. Um, But where there's a certain amount of satisfaction you will get with that type of understanding that's worth some people's time. If you're just a fan of good wrestling, they were doing this 25, 35 years ago. Right. Just jump in the time machine and go back and you're going to watch some stuff that is going to play or that is going to play um, that not only holds up to to today's standards, it blows it out of the water. With regards to the quality of wrestling in the ring, you think Sasha Banks is good, you think uh, Becky Lynch is good, you think Charlotte Flair is good, um, you know. And I say, I say, I use those three and Bailey. Um, you think Bailey is good? I use those four because one, they're they're the most popular right going right now, and they're pretty good at wrestling. You know what I mean? Like right. they're, they're they're good. They're good wrestlers. Everything that they learn plus some, you can trace back to AJW. Right. You can um, find influences in their wrestling back from AJW. And when you watch the wrestling in AJW, it's better wrestling. Right. And that doesn't mean that the wrestling today is bad. It just means that it was just a higher grade of the performance of wrestling back in 85 through 95. And as, a, as somebody who's a wrestling fan, I needed to go educate myself. And what I learned is people are right. It's it's amazing amazing stuff um and it's just an it's just a joy to watch it's a fast hour that's how we talk about it in philly it's a fast you put one mm-hmm. on you watch through it and, and you feel like it's 20 minutes that's how good it is right and anytime you can be suspended of disbelief for 40 minutes out of 60 the show's doing something right you know and these women were next level elite level and there's there's a reason that the top five greatest women's wrestlers of all time all come from this promotion and all come within a couple of years of each other. I mean, that's wild. That's wild. And I think that's the beauty of being a wrestling fan is when you find things like that and it just like opens your whole mind and it takes you into that place and it brings you into the, the fantasy land, as I like to call it, of when we were kids 
kind of, yeah. and you really butt into all of it. That's the best part is when you can watch a, a wrestling match or a wrestling promotion that truly does suspend your disbelief and, and you just, you're all in. I yeah. think that's so joyful to, to experience and to share with other people. It's not the same, but I was only used to watch WWE only. Then someone said, here's this Japanese wrestling promotion called New Japan. Without that, I wouldn't be right here where I am right now and watch all the things that I watch. And then when you told me I should hashtag watch stardom, I did because of my experience with New Japan. Because when my eyes were opened and I found something that I'd been searching for, why would I say no? It's the ultimate opportunity to grow your own fandom. And now I watch so many things I never would have watched five, six, ten years ago. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's the best part of what you're selling here uh, in terms of watching AJW. Yeah, there's stuff that is good, there's stuff that is great, and there's stuff that's greater, right? And depending on your tastes as a wrestling fan, um, you'll find where things fall. And uh, as long as you're enjoying it and you're watching it, um, you know, you, you'll – and you can add to it. Right. You can that only is going to hone in your interest for for everything as a whole. But the things that you really, really like specifically. Right. You'll appreciate that a lot more. So, you know, if again, if you're a WWE fan and the four horsewomen are your favorite and you go back and you watch AJW and you learn some of these women and you see the type of matches and you see the high quality and then you see that being used today by the wrestlers of today, there's there's a fulfillment there. You know, there's yeah. there's something there that just it, it's a harmony that just makes sense uh, in the history of wrestling um, that brings a lot of joy. And so, you know, it's 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 all love. Right. But it all leads somewhere and it starts back in the mid 80s. And that's that's kind of where we are right now. What a legacy. How fun for them you know, to have all of this in, in their back pocket that they've done. And then to pay it forward by doing all those wonderful things with promotions or financing one or helping one or inspiring other women to wrestle, not only in Japan, but around the world. I mean, that rules. <laughs> that yeah. has to feel so cool when you when you watch some wrestling today and you'd be like, man, like I was a part of something that created this right now. And yes, of course, there's a lot to go. And I want something like this for women's wrestling to appear in the States and to grow around the world. I think people are hungry for it. And I know I would love to see something like that again. But since there's not quite there yet, we can go back and watch AJW Classics. <laughs> That's right. So that doesn't suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best. It is indeed. It's a great cube full of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, JBQ, I have to say thank you so much for sharing that with all of us. Here at WrestleJoy, I know there's a bunch of people listening and who are fans of WrestleJoy who are uh, big into Japanese wrestling. So maybe they'll pop in and and see what uh, maybe they haven't seen before. And that would be really cool. we got a huge New Japan faction. So maybe we'll broaden some horizons to AJW and hashtag watch stardom. So I have to thank you for, for joining me today. And I know you're retired and I'm technically retired too. But, you know, tell the people where they can find you and interact with all sorts of good fun. Sure. Yeah, I am a uh, a glass half full kind of guy, right? So if you're part of the the WrestleJoy family and 
you know, you you prefer um, positivity, quick wit, things like that on your timeline. I'm a decent enough follow um, for that. <laughs> it's very specific with regards to uh, current Joshi uh, as well as um, uh, just Japanese wrestling in general and 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 stuff like that. But you can find me at Twitter at Big Paul's on a pop. And again, I follow back. So that's where you can find me. Well, you all can go do that. Follow my pal JPQ uh, for some a good time. For a good time. We'll leave it at that. Uh, this has been a wonderful episode of Spoonful of Sugar. I thank you again for joining me. Hashtag Queen of Pup Connection is for life. And uh, listen, people, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate you tuning in. And of course, remember to keep your cup of joy full with your girl, the Queen of NE, right here on WrestleJoy.